Welcome to Play by Players, an MLSPA podcast. This show is brought to you by the players and is all about the players, both past and present, who have plied their trade in MLS. You'll hear about each player's journey into the game, their careers and life after the game, on the field and off. It's all on the table. Now here's your host, former MLS player, Bobby Boswell. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Play by Players. Today we are joined by one of my former teammates and also someone that I call a friend. Uh, he has represented the U.S. men's national team both at the senior level and the junior level. Uh, he's an MLS All-Star. He was a Rookie of the Year candidate. He was a Defender of the Year candidate. He's played over 200 games in MLS and will soon break the 20,000-minute mark, which is a pretty big milestone. He is a current captain for D.C. United. He goes by many nicknames. They call him Bernie. They call him Burns. Some people call him Steve-O. Some people can't pronounce his last name and call him Bird Bomb. Uh, but to me, he is simply Steven. So please welcome to the podcast today, Steve Burnbaum. My man, Bobby Boswell. Good to see you, buddy. What's going on, man? I was uh, I had a bunch of jokes for your beard and you just you trimmed it up for us. For those that, uh, that, that are watching, they get to see it. For yeah, I mean, in the front, you know, it's all business, but I did leave a little lettuce in the back for you. You know, I'm trying to like let the let the thing grow, you know, that's a, that's like a California in the front, a little Florida in the back. That's exactly it. I'm not necessarily, I don't, I don't associate with Florida, but that's all right. <laughs> well, before we uh, before we start getting into your past, um, I am going to hit you with some hard questions. Well, really, it's just one hard question, and it's early on. Um, and first, uh, for those that don't know, um, I have never gotten upset. People always ask me, oh, you know, I know you played at a junior, uh, junior developmental salary. When you see these new salaries in the league, do you get upset by it? And my answer has emphatically always been no. I love my time in the league. I love the opportunity I was given. Um, the only thing in preparing for this podcast, uh, for those that don't know, Stephen has had a lot of endorsement deals over the year. And I learned that you have a Budweiser endorsement and that is the focal point of this question you have worked with Budweiser and as a former teammate and a friend someone who knows that I love an ice cold Budweiser why have you never sent me or bought me a Budweiser before you know what that was so long ago uh, that was like a one-off thing it was a Budweiser like it was for the major league baseball all-stars or something like that I didn't even get a pack I'm gonna be honest I was a little bummed out about it but um okay I can, yeah. I can deal. I can deal with that answer. And this wasn't going to ruin our friendship. It was just maybe going to set us back a month, um, you know, for me to get over it. But I, I'm happy with that. Um, <laughs> enough about me. Uh, and that was kind of like a sly way to humble brag about you. Oh, uh, but let's let's talk about you. And we, we kind of joked uh, about California and Florida. I always say I'm from uh, I'm from the East Coast and you always say I'm from the best coast. That's um, right. Baby. You know, let's let's talk a little bit about where you're from. Uh, you're you're an Irvine guy. Uh, yeah. For those that don't know about Irvine, tell everyone in your own words, elevator pitch. What what's Irvine, California like? People know it as the OC. It's inside the OC. Everyone you know who didn't live there walks the show and you know associates. That's not really what it is. It's kind of inland from the beach, um, but I claim Orange County because it sounds way cooler. Um, <laughs> it sounds a lot cooler. But Irvine was a bubble. Um, grew up there my entire my entire life and played multiple sports growing up. And it was just a it was kind of super suburban area, you know, and I was pretty much sheltered my entire. <laughs> <laughs> well, you did you talk about playing other sports. Um, would you say uh, you have described yourself and I'll agree with this, that you're very, uh, you're an athlete. Um, would you say 
you know, in Irvine, you, you tell people you played basketball and baseball, but you never mentioned like that I, you played lacrosse and volleyball like your mother did, right? Like you, were, did. you played those yeah. in high school? Yeah, I did. You know, growing up, I played like every sport, probably. I mean, I played like flag football and stuff like that, too. But um, I played probably more baseball than soccer growing up. Um, and then kind of in California, because everything's year round, you have to choose basically when you get to high school at like 14 because you're playing travel ball or whatever with club soccer. And so I just chose soccer at that point because I loved running around and I felt like I could impact um, the game on both sides of the balls. Whereas baseball, you kind of didn't really get to do much. and You kind of sat around. It was boring for me at times. I look back and I'm like, man, I miss baseball just sitting around doing nothing. Um, But yeah. And then I, in, in high school, I ended up playing a ton of volleyball and uh, lacrosse. I love lacrosse to get to do the same things as soccer, except hit people. (laughs) Well, um, I'm sure you were, you were pretty good at that. What you also didn't mention, which a lot of, not a lot of people know is you're a pretty good skateboarder. I'm assuming uh, California, you had to surf a lot yeah. And, yeah. and you're pretty decent. You got me into slacklining, uh, tell people what, what's a, what's a slack. Was that high school or was that more college? That was the Berkeley days. That was the hippie Berkeley days, but yes, I, I did skateboard. I mean, you saw me skateboard into RFK plenty of times. Um, and have you, have you graduated to an adult thing like a bike now, or do you still risk your life every day riding a a skateboard? I have probably stopped skateboarding like ever since I had ankle surgery. So I haven't, I haven't skateboarded since then. I'm making a a conscious decision until I retire to to skateboard. Um, okay. And just remember, um, you know, agents and GMs and owners listen to this. So he, he has not been skateboarding since, um, he left college for those. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Check that. Um, no, but in California, we grew up doing everything, like getting everywhere was either on a skateboard or a bike. And then there were days where we would wake up in the morning, go to the beach and then, you know, head to the mountains that day and snowboard. So it was, it was an action packed lifestyle in in Orange County. And, um, yeah, I, I miss, I miss California. I love it. Um, there's just a ton to do there and you can't beat the weather. Well, you, you talked about high school, and um, I want to get into your decision at 14 to become a professional soccer player, but um, you went to Northwood High School. That's a r- relatively newer high school for, uh, you know, on the podcast, we always talk about the, the high school. You were the, a Timberwolf, is that right? A Timberwolf, baby, yeah, through and through. A Timberwolf. Um, it was, a, for those that don't know, it was a blue ribbon school, much like the high school I went to in Tampa, Florida, uh, but you also had a Grammy signature school, meaning... Uh, this was musicians. Maybe that was after you left. Cause I've heard you sing. Um, you don't want that. No yeah, one wants yeah. to hear that. And it's interesting. It also said it was located uh, kind of near an avocado farmer, right in the middle of an avocado. Farmer. Yes, there was. Yeah. It's basically back in the Hills. We're like a little inland from the beach. And so there's just a bunch of Hills and brush back there. And there were farms everywhere in that area, but yeah, going, going back to um, choosing soccer, it was basically um, I got called up to youth national teams and, I realized, oh my gosh, like, you know, some of the guys that I'm playing with at 16 were already professional soccer players. And I didn't even think that like, that was really a possibility at that point in my life. And I'm like, man, I'm hanging and playing soccer with these guys who are basically already professional soccer players. And, and from that, like that moment on as a freshman, I was like, all right, well, I'm going to put all I can into soccer. And, and then basically I committed to Berkeley as a sophomore in, in high school. Um, oh, no, you're, you're getting ahead of yourself here. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I wasn't I wasn't done. Uh, we were going to go through the notable alums. You made the list. Congrats. Um, <laughs> you, you were on that list. There was Young the Giant was like a band that I really like oh, yeah. that was on there. 
there's a bunch of like one because it's a young school it's like one person from like every sport ever but yeah. um no one no one that uh i'm you know, still second are, on that list i know who's number one it's okay well, i was gonna say there's one other soccer player and it's benny fellhaber um He's are y'all good. are y'all and i i'm sorry benny if i butcher your name i've I know you, I've known you my whole professional career and I still can't say it. Um, are, are y'all, uh, are y'all friends? Like did, did yeah. coming up, did, did you know him or, or was it just, was he just too like illustrious at that point? I mean, when I was in high school, he was like kind of taken off and his career was thriving. So he was, he was pretty big time when I was in high school and I looked up to him and wanted to be where he was. Um, but as I graduated and went to college and kind of came back, um we there would be pickup games and we would kind of get to know each other that way um and man you're stealing all my you're stealing my later material oh, i'm sorry okay so so you do know him and he was nice to you because because <laughs> all the guys guy. i know from california when i was in the national team they were all uh like they bullied me and benny was uh, i'd say benny was one of them and sasha question um so you were one of the few nice guys from california to me when we met so i just want to thank you for your friendship um, yeah, I kind of had but, to be, you know, you were yeah, you know, yeah. the older guy, we, the captain. Listen, you didn't have to be, you just were. Um, let's talk about, you, you talked about committing your sophomore year. I, I would say co- uh, high school was so easy for you that you actually, did you, you graduated early? I did graduate a semester early, yeah. Oh, it was just a semester, it wasn't a full yeah. year. No, 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 I'm not that smart. Because uh, I was wondering, because you, you know, you were a little bit older when you came to the league. I was like, how long were you in college? <laughs> we're not, we're not, we don't have to go there yet. I was just, a lot older. You kind of jumped ahead. You went national team, you went college, but you know, you are an interesting story because, and you know, getting ready for this, I knew a ton about you, but going through, it looks like there's a lot of clubs in California that claim that Steven Birnbaum played for them. Yes. Would you would you say that that's accurate? Yeah, that's true. Uh, I mean, I've got the Irvine Strikers, and you had the Mad Hatter. Uh, Don Ebert was your was your coach there, or one of your coaches. Yeah. Uh, and that now they're Irvine FC, which is in the MLS Next program. Okay. Um, notable alum: Christian Ramirez, Bobby Wood, yet Benny again. Uh, Johnny Bornstein, Chris Pontius, we threw him in that list for some reason. Uh, I don't and then, know. And then uh, Chad Marshall, who I think is one of the better center backs to play in the league. Um, you know, did you did you see all those guys and where they were having success? And some of those guys you played with, obviously, but some of them were ahead of you. Did you kind of see those guys and think, well, they came from this club and I'm able to go do follow in their footsteps? Yeah, I mean, I was lucky enough to be in such – close proximity I basically did it was a really good club like where we were Southern California was this hotbed for for soccer um and it was you know the the level was always really good there so um I started with the strikers at I think I was under nine with their like training program um and basically it was just like with them my entire time most most of the time until you know, later stages where other teams tried to claim me, but yeah, we, you know, me and Christian played together for the longest times and Bobby Wood, And um, yeah, we, you know, we looked up to all the guys who played before us, you know um, and some of those guys went to my high school, but you know, they didn't, you know, didn't go pro, but you know, we looked up to a lot of those guys and a lot of them ended up going to Berkeley as well. So that was kind of this, the next step for me. Yeah. And, and one of the clubs that claimed you, which is, uh, is it Pat Adoras? Patty Adoras. Yeah. Patty Adoras, yeah, that's, yeah, that's my English. Um, <laughs> they they, uh, they claim you as well, say they're seven-time national champions. I mean, at any of these clubs in California, 
I feel like you play if a club is a club in California for long enough, it will be a national champion. Um, did you have did you have success uh, w- when playing for these, or was it just more uh, regional and, and state cup type things? Yeah, it was mostly state cup stuff. Um, we went to regional finals with the Strikers a couple times, um, lost in the regionals, um, and it was. I, I call it the show when we were in um, Orange County, the Premier League, like from under 16 and below. When you're in the Premier League, it was the show, baby. You were in the polo fields and it was awesome. I mean, it was like a relegation zone. It was the top 10 teams. You went from Premier to gold to silver to bronze. And um, it, there were some battles there. I still I still miss those days. But yeah, then we went to the Pats and that was um, my last two years of academy or, or I guess club soccer then I was I was right before Academy started. Yeah, and that, and that club had that one's uh, dates further back. Uh, had Matt Reese, Danny Califf, Josh Saunders, Marisa Du, Chance Myers, Luis Gill, and now I guess they started claiming people again. Uh, Frankie Amaya, I guess, is in there. But uh, but no, it's a pretty impressive alumni group that you're in there with. Um, you kind of hinted at it earlier. Uh, a lot of people, especially a lot of pros, are pretty bitter about the ODP process because they felt like. I call it like the chip on their shoulder. I didn't get selected. You, on the other hand, I, I feel like we're identified and you had some success, you know, and am I wrong? You made a face there. Yeah. I mean, it, I, I was a little bitter about it because the, I felt like I didn't get selected for the ODP um, state team or even the regional team at that time um, when I was really going through that process and other guys on my team were getting selected. And then randomly I was like, I got called into a national team. And it was just like, whoa, like, how did this happen? Or, um, and so, yeah, I mean, I had that chip on my shoulder because I saw these other guys like passing me by um, when I thought, you know, I could play with them or I was better. So I definitely, I was right there with a lot of those guys. And then you got called in at, at what age? Because I know you went to two different tournaments, um, you know, as far as I, I think one was the Milk Cup, you went to Portugal and then you went to Mexico. What? And were those both, were you actually 18 or did you get called in earlier than that? So the first camp I ever went to was, I think it was an under 18 camp when I was 16. Um, And it was like a mega camp. It was like 75 guys. Um, And I'll never forget. It was like, you just played games and basically tried to get scouted to make this, this team, the 18 team. And I got scouted. And then they actually, if you did well in the camp, um, you got to go play with the U20s. And I did really well in the camp. And right from there, they're like, all right, next day we're out. We're going to Mexico and playing with the under 20s. And that was with like Josh Lambeau um, and those guys. And so that was like a shock to me. I'd never even been out of the country before. I, I like named the one guy that's not playing professional soccer. He, he quit to play football, but that's OK. Yeah. It's a, yeah. But like he's a famous guy. People know. That's, him, a, that's, important, that's important to you. That's exactly. <laughs> the one NFL player. That's well, that's what I care about, you know. <laughs> Um, so no, that was like pretty awesome. And then I, after that, I was getting called in regularly with the under 18 team and we went to, yeah, Portugal and, and other places like that. We've had, I think Perry uh, has been on this podcast and talked to, or not Perry, uh, Michael Parker's talked about the milk cup. Um, you know, t- tell us what the milk cup is for those that don't know. I actually didn't go with the national team to the milk cup. It was a club team from California. Oh, okay. Um, which was amazing. It was like, the best experience of my life. Uh, we went there, we played in Northern Ireland and it was uh, just a tournament. You played against all these other clubs from around the world. I think we played a team from Brazil. We played Ipswich. Um, we ended up 
getting to the finals of that tournament. And we were just a club from the United States. So people like didn't think of us as very good or anything like that. And we played Manchester United in the final and uh, ended up losing to them. But um, it was I've pretty follow up. I've got a follow-up question about that, but it's going to come later. Um, no one's going to see it coming at <laughs> all. Um, but anyway, okay. So you had some success there. And, and, and as you hinted to earlier, that was really where you started, I think, saying, okay, I can – I'm getting called up. I'm getting moved up. Right. Um, I'm having success. And and then you start really believing like, I'm, I'm going to, I have a real chance to make it. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it was just one of those things where you see all these other guys and these professionals, you know, playing soccer and, and succeeding at that level. And I was, had no problem hanging with them. I'm like, all right, well, everything I do now is I'm going to try and be a professional soccer player. All right. Well then talk to us about, you know, you were heavily recruited to um, at least on the West coast, the schools that I saw that were, uh, that you've talked about being interested in you. Um, how do you decide, you know, on that, on that process, meaning UCLA, Santa Barbara, Stanford, Indiana, uh, how do you end up deciding to go to, to Berkeley? Yeah, it was just, I think it was just fit for me. Um, you know, I was, believe it or not, I was a center midfielder, like in high school and growing up and kind of a box to box guy, but I mostly just won the ball and passed it to the, the good players. He's, he's also saying, believe it or not for the listeners, not, <laughs> He knows that I know he actually played a game or two at, at holding midfielder in the pros that yeah. he was needed. So I'm not shocked at that, but he's saying yeah. it for you guys, but keep going. Yeah. So it was basically just, it came down to fit and um, academics uh, really wanted to go to a good school um, that had um, a good coach, Kevin Grimes, who was kind of a uh, defensive savant, if you want to say, I mean, he kind of breeded a lot of center backs. And the first thing he said to me was, Hey, you're going to come here. You're going to start next to AJ Soares. Um, and you're basically going to learn from him and how to play the position. And that's going to be your path to the pros. And, and from there and knowing how good of an academic school it was, um, you know, I was sold basically. Um, I, I'd gone to other recruit recruiting trips and, and like the places, but um, I wanted to kind of stay on the, the, the West coast and be in California. Um, and this was far enough away from Orange County from, my family where it was, you know, you could get there on the weekend, but you know, it, you weren't right next to the home where you felt, you know, too comfortable. And was, was Brad Agus there when you were there? He was not. No. Okay. So for those that don't know, Brad Agus is Jeff Agus's brother. He recruited me to go to Berkeley out of Florida. Um, but I didn't know that Berkeley, for those that don't know how to spell it, there's an extra E in there. <laughs> and I have this theory that if you're not smart enough to spell the college name, you probably shouldn't go well, go there and do well uh, academically. But, um, you know, without going into too much detail, and again, we might scrap this if you're not okay with it. I would just love for you to tell everyone your Keenan Allen story. Um, I love Berkeley. the story. Yeah, no, this is great. I mean, it was, it was, uh, I think it was even my senior year. So I was like, I don't, I wasn't top dog on campus, obviously, but I was like, you know, they, we were doing having construction done on the soccer facilities and everything was getting moved kind of, and we were sharing facilities with the football team. And uh, I was on the bench, uh, the training table about to get taped up or something like that. And Keaton Allen walks up and he's like, Hey, yo, get off my table. And I'm like, what? He's like, that's my table. Get off. And I was like, I kind of like, just hesitate. I didn't know what to say. And the trainer looked at me and was like, get off the table. And I was like, all right, cool. <laughs> all right. We see who's uh, top dog in the school. In question, uh, would this affect your decision to draft him in fantasy football? He has never been on my fantasy football team, <laughs> no matter how far he's fallen to me. It's I love it. I love it. 
I will draft. I will draft any other bear except him for right now. All right, all right. Well, uh, well, let's talk a little bit um, about college. Um, you know, you did talk about coming in as a as kind of a two way player, and you get moved to center back. Um, you know, before we get to your senior year, you played a lot. You had a good freshman year. Um, you, you were doing great, and then you had a, a knee injury, and you redshirted. Uh, you know. You had injuries before that, and you've had injuries after that. I know you had some head injuries in D.C. You have an ankle injury where you had to have two surgeries that we kind of talked about earlier. Um, how I loved your outlook on on how you looked at injuries, especially that early one in college where it did cause you to redshirt and, and you know, question if you were going to be able to come back healthy. Um, can you walk through for the younger people listening to this or people that are dealing with injuries? I, I think it would be helpful for them to hear your your view of what happens, uh, you know, how you handled being injured. Yeah, I think it was the one in college really did a number on me because that was my senior year. It was the first game of the season, um, basically tore up my MCL. Um, and in college, you know, the season's like four months long, three months long. And so if you have like a major injury, you're going to have to redshirt or something's going to happen. And I was really expecting to go pro that year. And it was just um, one of these conversations that I had, I had with my coach at the time. And he was, uh, it was best interest for me and, and for him, obviously, to, to redshirt. But um, he, he convinced me to come back. And he basically was like, look, you're going to have a good fifth year um, coming back. But I was devastated at the time. I was like, I don't know. Maybe I'll just try and go in the draft and, and see where it takes me. Because I was ready to graduate at that time. I had all the credits and everything was done. Um, but uh, the best decision was to stay in school for me. And um, I thank my lucky stars every day that I did because it helped me realize how to basically overcome adversity, like you said. And it was one of those things where once it was taken away from me, I realized how much I really just loved and enjoyed the game of soccer. Um, and it became a profession for me at that point, because I had basically finished up school. It was basically, I was in the film room with the coaches all the time. I basically became like a, an assistant coach at that time um, because I was an older guy on the team, a captain. Um, and it, it's like something that's taken away from you. You just grow to love it more. Um, and so I basically just worked with all the players on the team that year, um, and came back healthy for my fifth year and had, had a good senior season. But, um, I guess the biggest thing that I looked at, and even in my injuries with DC, um, you talked about these head injuries and it was like, I was questioning retirement and stuff like that. But for me, it was more of at that time I was like, I have to go play soccer. I have to go to trainings. And then after those injuries and all these things, it makes you realize how much you love it. And I changed my mindset and it was like, I get to go to training. I get to play soccer and do this for a living. And it was like, that completely changed my life right there. Because once I switched the mode of, I have to, to, I get to, it was just uh, life-changing for me. I love it. I love it. That was a great answer. Wait, before you got injured, when was the Maccabi World Cup? World Cup, the Maccabi uh, Pan Am Games. Yes. Yeah, it was. I uh, call it the Maccabi World Cup. I love that. I think that was my sophomore year of college. 2012? Yeah, I guess. No, that was. Tell, that tell, the, tell the viewers that don't know what that is, what it is. Yeah, it was basically, um, it was basically the Jewish Pan Am Games. Basically, um, it was a co collaborative um uh, thing where all these other countries, these uh, Jewish players from all around the world basically get together and play in a tournament. And it was down in Brazil and I was lucky enough to play in it and um, get to meet some great people. 
Um, our coach was Dan Couchman at the time. Um, and he's an assistant coach for LA Galaxy now. And he was also a legend at LA Galaxy, a center back. Um, so I got to learn from him, which is, you know, the best thing ever too. So um, things kind of fell in my You got a silver medal. We got a silver medal. I think we lost to, I want to say it was Brazil in the final. Um, it was home, pretty good. Some, so home, it was, some home cooking there, huh? Yeah, yeah. The, the, the refs weren't on our side that game. I, I'll say that. And before we get to your senior year, um, you played PDL as well, right? And, and were those that was coming uh, back from college during during uh, the offseason? Um, yeah. And that was the Orange County Blue Star. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Orange County Blue Star. Yeah. And, and the, the alums from this thing, uh, I had to cherry pick a couple. We had uh, Kalen Carr, who was another Cal guy with Legend. Brad Evans, Jordan Harvey, Kai Kamara, Dan Kennedy, uh, the Bullies, the Kleshton brothers, uh, Christian Ramirez, Robbie <laughs> Rogers, Tyson Wall. Uh, and then uh, your main man was on this list. Jurgen Klinsman was a, yes, sir. <laughs> was, a, was a participating member of that. Um, just from the records, and I followed some of the PDL stuff over the years, it doesn't look like y'all were a very successful team. Um, but based on some of the names in that list, y'all were maybe focused on other activities than playing soccer uh, on your offseason in college, living in California. Is that that's that's fair to say. I mean, it was one of those things where guys, you didn't really come to practice and it was just like guys would show up for games just to get a run in. And it would just be like, you'd be like, man, this guy's here today. You're like, oh, my gosh, like, where did he come from? And we just like throw on the cleats and play. And it was awesome. I mean, it, a great talent when we played these games and it was like the perfect way to stay fit during the off season. But at the same time, we didn't really train much and guys came and went, you know, as they saw fit. Yeah. And then for those that don't know, um, California, as far as I know, is the only place I've heard New York City starting to get there. But it's the there, there are more guys that live in California that play soccer. And you could essentially at any given time go play in a pickup game um, in California that has professionals, you know, not just from uh, MLS, but professionals from all over the world. Um, and obviously you participate in a ton of these games. Would you say that also helped you? kind of believe in yourself and, and, and getting to play with these guys in the off season or, or basically whoever was in the, in LA at the time. All the time. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was amazing. You know, you'd go, like I said, we'd come back for um, off season break or whatever in the summer. And there'd be a pickup game with like, like you said, like Benny Filehiver and Sasha Kleshton. And I'd be like, Oh my gosh, like what are these guys doing here? And I'm, I'm, you know, getting to getting to train with them or whatever. And then as you grow up and you get to know more of the guys coming in, like, Christian Ramirez would come back. And then last, you know, every time I go back to California for off season, it's like Aaron Long's there, Christian Roldan. Like there's like a handful of major national team guys like playing pickup soccer. And you're just like, you know, it's a hotbed and it's, it's a great way to stay fit during the off season. It's just, it's a great, great level anyways. Well, so we go back to Berkeley. Now you, you, you come back off your injury. Um, you have an incredible senior year. You were first team All-American. You won a ton of awards. I'm just going to highlight the big ones and not to say the other ones aren't important, but um, so your first team All-American, you were a Herman Trophy semifinalist for best player in the country. Um, you actually lit it up on the offensive side as well as the defensive side. Can you tell people uh, what the Peggy promise is uh, and, the, and the reason why you scored so many goals your your final year of, of college? I forgot I told you about that. Yeah, my <laughs> – my mom, first of all, I love a nice cooked steak, by the way. You, you know that. 
but uh, my mom would drive up to every home game at Berkeley and be like, hey, if you have, if you score a goal, I'm taking you out to a nice steak dinner. And she took me to a lot of steak dinners that senior year. So it was, uh, I loved it. I loved a nice, we went to Skates on the Bay every time. It was like this uh, famous restaurant in Emeryville right outside of Berkeley. Yeah, and, and, you know, when Steven got to D.C., I had to uh, humble him a little. A lot. Uh, I'm from I'm from Tampa, Florida, which those that don't realize Outback Steakhouse was founded down the street from my house in Tampa. So uh, Steve was he was not judgmental. He would join me at Outback for, uh, you know, maybe not a blooming onion, but we would definitely <laughs> we definitely get a, a nice, um, you know, rubbery steak from there. Uh, oh. and, and, and I say that you're a man of the people, Steve. And um I'm not saying you lost that with, you know, how much you talk about Peacock Cafe or La, <laughs> Dip La Diplomat in D.C. There's no judgment here, but I just want to say uh, uh, I do miss a good Outback Steakhouse visit with you. Um, uh, you know what? If I could say something real quick, I remember our first time meeting when uh, I got to D.C. and we went to a TGI Fridays and that was still I still remember that we sat at the bar and had a nice burger and i was like this is my guy and uh yeah that that i still love going back to i'm a big chain guy i still like going to outback my wife will still take me to outback for my birthdays trust me yeah you're a man of the, you're a man of the people you know that's what uh you know applebee's I, we don't really push that too much but i'm, I'm i grew up on that so you got to go back to remind yourself where you came from you know that's right but you, you kind of got ahead of it there you talked about dc um let's just talk about how the the season ends um, you know, you knew you go to the combine. Um, I heard you, you got interviewed by everyone and they loved your interviews, uh, which, which I just think is hysterical that, um, MLS coaches, you got to realize, I know most of them, the fact that them and the GMs who I know most of them are interviewing college kids as if like, they're going to get some insight into their head on how they're going to be professionally, but you do all that. And, uh, and you know, you wanted to be number one. Um, talk to me a little bit about what your expectations were going into, into the draft. Yeah, it's, you know, it's everyone's dream to get picked number one overall. I mean, the, the draft was a lot bigger, I think when, when we were coming out, uh, than it is a little bit now, but it, to uh, to, you know, to be even thought of in that, in that light and maybe get picked number one overall was a dream of mine. So, um, I ended up going to, um, but yeah, DC had the first pick and they ended up trading down. Uh, and switching with Philly. And so Andre Blake went number one overall. I guess that was a decent pick for them. He's yeah, been I was going to say, we had people on that didn't get picked number. I didn't get drafted, so I can bring this up. Um, you know, it, it number two, it is what it is, but at least the number one is like a true baller. Um, yeah, he's, he's the man. No, yeah, he's, he's, he's an absolute baller. So, yeah, yeah, it's that's better than not to say that anyone's a bad pick. It just doesn't work out in some of them. But, um, you know, I was. I know uh, Christian was taken. Your teammate was. There were talks of him going before you, and uh, I think he ended up in Vancouver, which is not not necessarily the best uh, situation for a defender at that point um, in anyone's career, uh, just because they were leaking goals. But um, talk talk a little bit about you know your idea of coming in. You knew the team was revamped at that point. Um, you know, there's so many. I, like I remember looking at it, being like, I have no idea if I'm going to play because I think we had like four or five starting center backs from different teams, all, um, you know, college pros, everyone coming in. Just, just what was your mindset uh, coming into that squad? 
yeah, I mean, you come out of college and you're, you know, one of the top picks and you come in, you're like, all right, man, I'm, I'm going to come in and play right away. And this is how it's going to be. And, you know, you just think it's going to go on this trajectory constantly. And that's just not how it works. And um, you come in and, you know, I got to, you know, sit behind you and Jeff Park and learn from, you know, these two veteran guys who have been around the league and, and great players. And so it was, it was one of those things where I was definitely humbled. Um, I went down to play for the Richmond kickers, I think for um, the first game of the season, which I, you know, I wasn't happy about at that time. Um, and but won. you helped them win three, one, we won. Yeah, no problem. That was great. Went down to Richmond. I ended up punching uh, my, my car and denting my car. So um, yeah, I was, I was very upset that I had to do that. Um, but it was, it was something that I needed to learn um, and that nothing was going to be given to me and that I had to earn it. So um, yeah. And then I got to learn from you guys and um, they're just, it was one of those things where I just always had to be ready. And if something happened, then I was ready to get on the field. And, but I like, my entire career, I was a little bit of a late bloomer constantly. And so I needed time to adjust to the professional life and being a professional soccer player. And I think sitting behind both of you guys was a great experience for me because I needed that and I need to learn and I need to learn how to take care of myself. Yeah, I also thought it was really good. Um, you know, we had a couple of volatile guys that played forward. Right. And I oh, think yeah. that, um, you know, you're, you're kind of like me and that you bring it every practice and it's tough. Um, it was tough for Eddie and for Fabi when you're, you know, you're constantly winning the ball. And I remember, you know, they're trying to line you up and hit you. And, um, and it was one of those where, you know, even I, I remember Eddie saying, um, like, Ber you know, Bernie's good. Like Bernie should be in there. Um, and you don't usually, you don't usually have that, um, you know, one of it's Eddie who, who speaks his mind and, and no one's going to tell him otherwise. But I also thought it was a pretty good, uh, compliment where at first he was, you know, they were, like I said, they were lining you up, kicking you, hitting you, things like that. But then I think you kind of won them over where it was like, look, I'm not trying to hurt you guys. I'm just, I'm just not going to make it easy on you either. Right. Yeah. And that, that was an amazing luxury to have, right. As a rookie coming in and playing against guys like him and Fabian Espindola and, you know, competing with them in every day in practice. And it was, it was, I, I felt like I was just lucky to come into that situation where, it was a super, you know, veteran team, right? Like you, Jeff, um, Davey was there. And and then we had a, another solid group of guys like Chris Pontius and Chris Rolf and all these other guys that were just kind of, um, uh, you know, I wouldn't say everyone was a mentor, but they all were kind of looking out for me, I guess, even though I was a rookie. And I mean, I was an older rookie. I was older than some of the guys that had been there for a while, but everyone was <laughs> looking out for me and um, had the best interest um, for me personally, which I, you know, still think to this day. Yeah, what would you say was harder, uh, waiting for your opportunity or dealing with Davey on like a regular basis? <laughs> that's amazing. Uh, they go, that's that's tough, but no, definitely. I think waiting for my opportunity was was okay. hard. Um, I love Davey. People don't know he officiated my wedding, um, and and we're good friends. And congrats to Davey on being inducted in the the Casey uh, ring of you know, whatever. Ring yeah, hope, hopefully he listens to this. I, I don't know if he does. Um, if he does, we love you, Davey. Um, for those that are watching this, I know most of you are listening. Um, I'm wearing a ridiculous cat shirt. Uh, this is for Catterday, uh, meaning we didn't get a lot of Catterdays as professional soccer players. We had to turn it into Kitty Cat Sunday, uh, but that was the California crew. We had Sean Franklin. You didn't give him a shout out. Oh, but I know Sean, that, my man. I know that you love Sean. Uh, Chris Pontius and Steve 
uh, we kind of were the Northern Virginia crew uh, where we would meet up and, and watch football and hang out on uh, on Saturdays or Sundays if our schedule allowed it. And, uh, and so this is an, uh, uh, an honor of you, Steve, that I brought this out. It, I, could, I can't go any lower because it shrank and my belly hangs out now. So it's a, it's a great conversation starter. I'll tell you that's that. right. Yeah, it, it is a great one. And we had a lot of fun. Um, I'm not sure you taught me about like slacklining and beer dye. And I'm not sure if I taught you anything worthwhile worth talking about. But, um, but you, you, you taught me how to grill. You taught me how to grill. Like yeah, that's right. That's true. Yeah. yeah, that's good. Cooking. I'll take that. That's a, yeah. that's a good life that's skill. One. What you mean? Um, back to your first year. So you, you, you know, you end up, um, part of it was, was definitely earned. The other part was some injury stuff. Um, you get your shot, you end up having a great, um, you know, you great first year you were, um, you know, up for rookie of the year. I think Tesho Akindeli ended up getting that, but, um, you know, I feel like that really set you up for the belief that you were the guy and, and, and really you were the guy after that. I mean, it was, uh, you were always partnered with, with different people. You had the head injuries that we talk about, but you kind of go on to become the iron man. Um, you know, you dominate in the air, you're still dominating in the air. I saw, they just released the, the stats, aerial duels and things like that. Um, you know, but just talk a little bit about how the transition goes from, uh, you know, I'm, I'm punching my car cause I'm not playing to uh, I'm, I'm kind of a mainstay in the team. Yeah. I think it was, you know, one of those things I realized that, you know, you, you compete every day in practice and there's always someone trying to take your job. And um, the more that you play, no one else can show that they're going to, you know, take your job away from you. And that's kind of my mindset every day still. I mean, uh, I'm getting older, but you know, my mindset is I'm going to, do the best I can in practice and in every game and to make sure that no one's taking my job because um, I love playing and I love playing every minute of the game. So um, that's a big deal to me. And um, I was lucky enough to be partnered with you for God, what, four years, five years. And I got to learn by your, you know, learn from you and you took me under your wing and showed me, you know, I think, I think, you know, when people looked at the way that we played soccer, we, we just defended the box and, and I learned a lot of, defensive principles from you because it was, you know, a lot about positioning and you don't necessarily have to be the fastest. You don't have to be the strongest because I'm not the fastest. I'm not the strongest and neither, neither were you, but you're a defender of the year. And, you know, we, we worked well together and I feel like um, I learned a lot of positional things um, that I needed to, to make sure that I could sustain um, the correct level of play in this league. So um, I thank you for that because, you know, I don't think I'd be where I am today without you. Uh, I appreciate that. Um, you know, I think your continued success uh, is, is is great. You know, obviously rooting for you. Um, when you did have that success, you get the all-star nod there. Um, then you have the big thing for any player, right, is represent your country. Uh, you've played 11 games for the national team. Talk to us a little bit about um, getting called in. You played in World Cup qualify. Like, you didn't just get called into, like, the January camp. You've actually – called into I call it the big tournaments and the World Cup qualifiers you know the Copa America um, talk to us a little bit about we kind of joked about Jurgen earlier but he he clearly liked you in, and, and you were a, an important piece of what he was doing yeah I thought that I mean it was it's the best thing to put on you know that jersey and and to represent your country and to sing the national anthem um, you know before the game and uh, you know I can't thank you know Jurgen enough for you know basically trusting me to play me in some of these important games that, you know, I, you know, maybe I didn't feel like I was ready to like start in them, but 
you know, he, he trusted me and, you know, we ended up winning the majority of the games that I, what I got to play in, which was awesome. So um, yeah, I mean, that was, that was the best experience um, of my life and getting to go to Copa America was awesome. Um, it was in the States, um, which is cool. And you got to travel around and play some of the best teams in the world. Uh, so that was, that was amazing. And um, yeah, I can't, I'm just thankful enough to, to be able to play for them. Yeah. And I, uh, I think you lost in the semis to Argentina. Was that here in Houston? Yeah, that was, no, that was in, yeah, that was in Houston. That was in Houston. We lost okay. Messi had a, a nice free kick. A free kick. Yeah. I, yeah. I got subbed in and he did me up pretty good. That game. Zano, so. Zano didn't want us to remember that one, but yeah. um, the, the highlight there um, for me was you, I think it's funny you, a game against Iceland, right? You, you get an assist and everyone's just like, that's awesome. Right. Yeah. And then you go on and score a game winner. Would you say two part question, would you say that was, the best goal of your career it was definitely the most um yeah I mean this sounds crazy it was the most exciting for me um I I didn't start that game uh I subbed on at halftime um yeah kind of let in a goal right when I got subbed in and then assisted one and then yeah basically scored in the 90th minute and that was in California and my my grandmother flew out my mom was there all my sister and all my friends so I probably had like 30 people at that game and to do it in that fashion, score the goal in like the 90th to win the game was, was pretty awesome. Um, and follow-up question. Did you get a stake after that game? I don't know if I got a stake. I don't know. I definitely had a beer or two. The Peggy promise. The Peggy promise didn't come through, yeah. um, but it's, you know, when, when Graham, when, when Gam Gam's there, you know, you gotta, yeah. you gotta, you gotta take what you got. Right. That's so, right. Uh, so, you know, back to, back to DC, uh, you eventually, uh, take over as captain from me. Um, I would like to imagine, um, let me just ask. So when Wayne Rooney came in, this is kind of a joke, uh, but it's not really when Wayne Rooney came in, did he give you the captain Phillips or was that just reserved for me? No, <laughs> that was great. He was, you know what we, I kind of knew it was happening. Ben basically had was like, Hey, look, this is what's going to happen. You know, Wayne's going to come in. He's probably going to be the captain. And then Wayne came up to me and was like, Hey man, like this is kind of the situation, like, you know, ownership and, you know, everyone, you know, basically wants. And I was like, dude, yeah, it's you're you're the man. Yeah, you're, you can have it. Well, well the yours. captain Phillips reference is uh, Steven, uh, when he became captain, uh, <laughs> for those that haven't seen the movie, he says uh, to Tom Hanks, he says, I am the captain now. And Steve told me that, and uh, and that was that was kind of the changing of the guard. Um, oh, man. And it's pretty easy when you're not playing to uh, to give that one up. So, um, but it was pretty cool. You you, you got to open uh, a new stadium. That's uh, I've still never been to that stadium outside of the groundbreaking. Um, yeah. I'd like to come, but I'm only gonna come when I know it's open and um, and I get to go walk around and do whatever I want. And I think that's happened now. So, um, rest in peace to RFK. Uh, but talk to, um, you know, it's hard to not talk about your time with Wayne because, um, you know, in the world of soccer, he is, he is one of the, uh, one of the mega stars and not only was he your teammate, but he was also your roommate and also your friend. Um, you know, for those listening that can't get enough of Wayne Rooney, uh, just talk a little bit about what that was like for, for you to, to really be around, um, you know, one of the world's biggest superstars. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's crazy because he comes in and, you know, it's everyone's kind of, you know, in shock and awe. And of course you are, you know, it's Wayne Rooney. He's, you know, one of the best to ever play. 
Um, but he was just one of the guys, really. I mean, he just wanted to be part of the team. He wanted to do everything the same as all the guys. You know, you remember riding from, you know, RFK Stadium to the practice field in those vans. He would be sitting on the floor in the van with the rest of the, you know, some academy kids and just be kind of gabbing it up back there or whatever. And, you know, he, he just – It's good to see things improved after I left. Yeah. He just wanted to be one of the guys. And so that was, that was the biggest thing. And um, yeah, we got along really well. Like you mentioned, we were, we were roommates and um, this was before I had uh, children and and his family had, you know, moved back to England because of the kids schooling. And so um, we would golf and go, you know, and meet up for dinner a lot. And this was while my wife was pregnant. So she was just wanted to be home and, and relax. And it was, I was lucky enough to spend a lot of time with them and we still stay close. And, um, this last off season, I actually got the chance to go out and visit him and, um, you know, stay and stay and stay with him out in there and in England and catch a, I actually caught a, caught a Liverpool game, but, um, it was just one of those things where he said, you know, if you're going to go to a game, go to, go to a Liverpool game. Did he know about Manchester United ruining your childhood final? <laughs> I, I don't think I ever told him that he would, he would probably <laughs> like to know that he would love well, it. Uh, for those that don't know, Steve, um, Steve was a part of a foursome in D.C. that golfed every week. Um, you know, some of the joys of being a pro athlete is you get one day off a week, usually uh, not always. But um, he had a foursome that always went. I occasionally would fill in. But um, one of the big things that group always talked about was uh, just the Masters. And uh, I think you had a pretty cool experience, if I'm not mistaken. Can you tell uh, tell us about the Masters? Yeah, we um so Wayne uh, was is friends with Rory McIlroy and um, Wayne had always wanted to go to the masters, but he'd never been in the States for it. And um, he's like, look, we're going to do anything we can to get there. I'm um, like, I'm in, I'm coming with you. <laughs> like you got to take it for me. Like, let's do it. And we actually had a game in Colorado um, the Saturday night before um, Sunday masters. And um, we got like weather delayed and we were about, we like missed our flight to get out there. So we like, did everything we could. We basically bought last minute tickets and got to the masters on the Sunday um, afternoon to see tiger's last four holes and watch tiger win the masters in 2019, uh, which is maybe one of the most um, epic masters of all time. And I was lucky enough to be there and be on the 18th green. I can't see anything from there because there's like crowds of people, but I was there. So it was, uh, it was awesome. It was something I'll never forget. All right. Well, I've, had, uh, I've asked you some fluffy questions. Now let's talk about uh, going through some coaching changes. Um, you know, you've, you've uh, seen Ben come and go, and then, or not come, but you, you saw him go, and then uh, Lasada comes and goes. Um, you know, what have, what have you talked to the guys about? Like, what's your message to the team, Ben, and, and you know, focusing on what you can control? Yeah, it's basically, you know, it's, it's always hard um, going through a coaching change, whether it be the beginning of the season, the end of the season, or, you know, in off season. And this one just happened to be um, in the beginning of the year. And it's one of those things where you basically have to regroup and just be like, all right, we have, you know, basically three fourths of the season left to play. And, you know, we got to make something of it and make a push because, you know, we we're a team, we're got to come together. And um, right now we're rallying around Chad, you know, who's, who's been doing a great job and, um, he's got a good staff behind him and basically the guys are, you know, we're all on board and we're ready to rock for the rest of the season. But yeah, it's always difficult going through those, you know, you know how every season is, it's ebbs and flows. Um, and this just happened to be the beginning of the year. 
Um, but we know there's, you know, a lot of, you know, maybe what, 20 games left um, to be played. And so, yeah, it's just about coming together in those tough moments. And I think the guys have, I mean, we've done a, Chad, like I said, has done a great job um, bringing the group together. We're taking a lot of, you know, Hernan's, um, you know, beliefs or ideology and implementing into um, Chad's system. So it's been good. It's a give and take of both worlds, right? Yeah. Well, um, you know, go again from, I appreciate you willing to talk about that. I hope I didn't put you in an Uh, uncomfortable spot there. Um, Let's talk about something that I know will make you uncomfortable. Um, Talk to the people about the different sports halls of fame you've been, uh, are the the halls of fame you've been inducted into so far in your career? Oh Um, man. Um, Let's see the, uh, (laughs) I've been inducted into the greater Washington Jewish hall of fame. Um, yeah, out here. That was that happened, I think, in 2017, I believe. It did. And I think they gave you a yarmulke, right? Like a they did give me one. They gave me one. Um, I haven't worn it, but um see, I see the cool guitar on the wall. I don't know why you haven't framed the yarmulke and put that um somewhere for your family. To I, see. You know what? I did a lot to the basement down here. I don't, you know, I've been I've been working on you know a little bit of the man cave. I have like a small portion of the house that's dedicated for me. It's, okay. it's overtaken with toys, but that's it. Neither here nor there. But you were, there was one recently, right? I think in the pandemic, you were is in California, right? Yes, yeah, so, uh, Southern California Jewish Hall of Fame. Um, I wasn't able to attend that, obviously, because it was during the pandemic. And, you know, we're normally during season anyways. But, yeah, it's an honor to be, be included, inducted into both. It's been amazing. Well, I know you're into uh, visualization. And so it's like I want you to visualize more Halls of Fame. Um, <laughs> so, you know, in, in five, ten years when we have you on again and you're retiring, uh, we we talk about all the other halls of fame. We'll say ten but, years. <laughs> okay, ten years. So we go ten years. Um, you know, let's talk about what's next for Bernie. Obviously, got to you know keep trying to win trophies, keep playing uh, good ball. Um, I know before we'd always talk about Steve was always um, you know a very smart guy, took education seriously. Last I had talked to you about this, you'd want to become an athletic director. Um, have those desires changed? And if so, uh, what? What's next for, for Stephen Birnbaum, uh, you know, to get to your ducks in a row? Yeah, I think that's, you know, it's obviously something that, you know, as you come closer towards the end of your career, you start to think about more and more and you want to be more prepared for it. And, you know, I thought about a bunch of things. I think I'm going to throw my hat at a bunch of things in these next, you know, six years, seven years um, before I retire and, and make sure that it's something that I want to do and something that I think I could be successful in. Um, so whether that be, I've been in sports my entire life. So um, I could see myself going into all facets of, of sports, whether it be like you said, like you mentioned, an athletic director, I think I'm trending more towards staying in soccer and, you know, working hopefully, you know, with a a front office or, you know, the, the, the end end goal would be to be a president of a team one day. I mean, I think that's um, a sport owner or an owner or an owner that, that would be great too. But uh, I think you need some coin for that. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, I think if you set the bar high, you know, you can, you, you can shoot for the stars and land on the moon maybe, but um, just inspirational, you know, I try just inspirational. I, I could it. also see, you know, I could also see me going into the business world. So I think, I think there's a lot of things in play. I think um, I do end up, you know, eventually want to get my master's in business um, and something like that. So uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's good to have these conversations. It's people like you that I'm going to talk to. No, and, I- I like to bring it up because I know that people uh, in the industry listen to this. So I always like put the idea in their head. I think a lot of times guys don't put, you know, they're uncomfortable talking about, Oh, I don't, 
if they think it's like I have a foot out the door and it's like, no, I'm still going to go seven, eight more years. But um, it's sometimes those people need to, oh, I, you know, I've always liked Bernie. I, I think he'd be a great guy. Let me, let me reach out to him or at least think about him for those jobs. So, yeah, I mean, um, that's it, right? Like, I think it's all about connecting. You know, I started a LinkedIn a couple of years ago and it was just like, I would reach out. We have an alumni group from Berkeley and I would just reach out to random business um, guys who used to play for, you know, and these are guys who played maybe in the seventies. And it was like, you know, they're big time business people in San Francisco. And I just wanted to pick their brains about, you know, how they got their start or what they did or what they're looking for in, you know, maybe a ex professional athlete or what execs and businesses are looking for. Um, because I, I have no problem going into, you know, I guess the real world and doing, you know, something besides soccer. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm gonna wrap it up here. Steve is uh, on Instagram. He rarely posts, but when he does, um, if you notice, he's always doing something weird with his hands or his body. Um, he's at burnbomb 15. Uh, we didn't talk about your number, but uh, you can find that online. He's been number 15 like his whole life. And that's kind of weird to keep your number through the whole thing, just uh, circumstantial. But um, uh, last but not least, I joke around and it's not really a joke, but I always say you're a man of the people, um, but you really are. And I found a lot of stuff on you from high school into college on uh, your community involvement. You're always involved in the community when I played with you in DC. Um, but let's, you know, a big focus of what you've been spending your energy on lately. And I mean, I mean, the whole time I was there, so starting back in 14, um, you know, which I think that's what, eight years now you've been working with the special Olympics. Um, talk, talk to us a little bit about, um, your involvement there and, and you know, kind of, uh, I, I'm sure everyone knows what it is, but I, I think it's important to highlight those great stories, especially if it brings light to something as important as, uh, as special Olympics. Yeah. I'd always, I'm kind of taken towards, you know, uh, working with, um, the disabled or, you know, people who are less fortunate. And so I did that stuff in, in high school and worked with the Wolfpack where you had lunch with, you know, the kids who are in high school and, you know, weren't as fortunate as us. And then when I got to DC, I just kind of took to it more and became, you know, more involved with Special Olympics DC to be um, running soccer camps with them or, you know, getting people more involved. Um, and then uh, when I met my, met my wife, Jean, um, her sister's actually disabled. And so it kind of, you know, struck a chord with me even more to get involved and, um, at one point I was the commissioner of their soccer, their soccer league. And it's basically just about involving, um, everyone and being inclusive, um, of the group and soccer and sports is, I think one of the best ways to do that. Um, so we've been raising funds to just get awareness out there, but also to just, uh, support these guys and these kids to be able to, um, play in these, these games, I guess we're doing integrated games, um, and just to get the word out there because it's important an important aspect of, um, you know, our game to just be inclusive. Yeah, I think that's great. And, um, you know, I, I say, although you, you know, occasionally lose your razor, you've never lost your ability to be a great person. So uh, good on you. Good on Peggy. I know she's going to listen. Hi, Peggy. Um, but uh, really, I just wanted to, uh, I wanted to thank you, Stephen, for, for coming on the pod today. I hope everyone has enjoyed this as much as I do. Um, and we will see you guys again or hear you, I guess, hear me again in the next podcast. My man. Love you, buddy. Love you too. Thank you for listening to Play by Players. Visit playbyplayerspod.com for more episodes or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. This has been a production of the MLSPA. Learn more at MLSplayers.org.